No, no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Welcome back to the 40-yard switch. Jasper Woodcock alongside Wilbur Lukes once again. And uh, back to regular scheduled programming this week. There's no more outside noise. It's just pl- plain old Barclays Premier League and well, I guess there's Champions League too now. But it's hopefully this for the few more weeks from now. But it feels like it's back to the regular season proper with the, uh, the Champions League coming back in. Yeah, is, definitely. Uh, ex- very, very exciting. I feel like yeah, it's, this is this is like the routine now. You know, for the next however many weeks, you know, you got Premier League weekends, Champions League midweek. It's just good times. It's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful, beautiful. And some thing. big, um, some big names back in the in, back in the Champions League, which is yes. very exciting. Some some huge names yeah. back in the Champions League. It's been a long seven years, but uh, Emirates Stadium is going to finally hear that beautiful beautiful anthem. But I digress. Much on that later. In the meantime, uh, round five of the Premier League was over the weekend, and a fair bit kicked off. Um, so yeah, let's 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 crack on with it. Uh, starting with Manchester United and Brighton, uh, a result that did we both? Or you, did you no, pick a, I I picked. I think I picked a draw. Mm, well, okay. I, I I I did the tally, so I should really know. <laughs> but yeah, I I did pick a draw to all, and you picked the result. Mm. So yeah, I, I I didn't. I wasn't convinced by Man United, and I I have been quite convinced by Brighton this season, and I'm happy to be proved right. But I didn't think United. I, while I thought they would lose three one, it was a it was, it could have been more. I think, and that's the embarrassing thing. I find for United it, it wasn't it was it was a bad 3-1 a score one that probably flattered them somewhat yeah I mean they also had chances and you know they hit the post at one point but yeah like they had chances but still Brighton had the lion's share of the chances mm. and, and dominated the game um, and Brighton and United did not look convincing at all I feel like yeah we definitely should mention for the first 20 minutes United definitely looked more like more likely Mm. And then also, um, but then Brighton seemed to adjust mid-game to how United were playing. This was analysed really well in match of the day, actually, because United were playing in a in a diamond midfield with uh, Casemiro at the at, at the at the pivot, um, McTominay and Eriksen and Fernandez at, at the top of the diamond. Yeah, and it stopped Brighton playing through the middle like they like to do. But then very quickly they readjusted and realised that they could uh, get overloads in wide areas with their full backs and wingers. And then from then on just tore United apart doing that the first goal comes from that um, pretty sure the next two goals come from that in the second half as well uh, and outside of that chance where United scored a goal that was disallowed for Hoyland and then obviously outside the yeah. sort of flash in the pan goal from Hannibal United just had no answer mm. and it has to be said Ten Hag was outcoached mm. yeah bad yeah, I, I did hear a little bit on the on the athletic football podcast about that change, kind of like midway through the game from Deserbi about apparently it was about pushing the centre backs like wider when when they were playing out from the back, mm. and then they yeah explored him in the wide areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not. Sh- I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people would have 
You know, I picked a draw, but I think a lot of people would have been picking Brighton to win that game, do you reckon? Were, were they favourites going into it? I don't know if they were favourites, but I, I, I would agree with you. And I guess something Gary Neville said, it was like, he had a few, he had quite a few optimistic United fans that he, because he went to the game as a fan, he said, and he had a, quite a few optimistic uh, Man United fans at Old Trafford be like, you know, maybe, you know, sneak a result, maybe, you know, come away with a point. But I think the underlying truths that, were laid bare uh, as the game progressed were that, yeah, look, Brighton are just a, a, a cut above where United are right now mm-hmm. um, for for a multitude of reasons, but they're just a more together unit, really. Uh, yeah. There's more cohesion in the squad. Uh, they're... I don't... I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say yet that De Zerbi is a better manager than Eriksen Haag, but they were better... They, they more they were more well managed on the day, um, and have been more well managed this season than Manchester United have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think in terms of like like implications or like you know like implications of the result and the game, I don't think that much changes. I mean, I still Brighton is still having a ridiculous start to the season. United having a very difficult one, um, but I suppose it just solidified both of those positions. Mm. Um, and solidified the fact that Brighton have had the wood over United in the last four straight games. However many, yeah. And yeah, for they, they are now the first, they are now in elite company as the third team after Liverpool and Man City to beat Man United uh, at Old Trafford um, two seasons in a row. True. Yeah. And it was the was the end of a like a long unbeaten run at Old Trafford, yeah, wasn't the, it? Yeah. The, the Man United were unbeaten in the league at Old Trafford since they last lost to Brighton last year. Right. Okay. True. <laughs> <laughs> it was early on. Was wasn't it one of Ten Hag's like first second game? the the first the first game, game and then they lost to Brentford. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I mean Brighton still going strength to strength. I think it's a year as well since Deserby, approximately a year since Deserby took over at Brighton as well. And yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty sure that Potter was in charge for that first game, and then Potter was in charge of Chelsea maybe two weeks later. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be like, yeah, there's obviously lots to talk about how like much trouble United are in, and how good things are going for Brighton. How how long, like. This might be a big question. <laughs> we might have time, but I, how, how long can Brighton kind of sustain how well they're playing for? The big, yeah, I think the the key thing is when European football starts. Yeah, if they because right now they're they're doing fantastically and they are showing that they have a level of depth to their side. No Estupinian, no Solly March, no Evan uh, and Evan Ferguson. Uh, don't think he can. If he came on, didn't come on for very long. Hmm. Um, yeah, there were resting players, and and, and James Milner didn't play as well. Yeah, not that he's you know a key starter, but like right. yeah, like you said, there were resting players, and they still performed admirably. It's a squad that uh, was uh, the Athletic reported is worth seventeen point five million pounds versus United that's north of two hundred million. Seventeen. Seventeen point five million pounds. That starting <laughs> li- that starting lineup that Brighton fielded is worth seventeen point five million pounds because like three or four of the players were free. True. Um. Crazy. But yeah, yeah unreal. So I, 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 we'll have to wait and see how they go in Europa League and if like they have injuries to key players and stuff. But based on what's going for them right now, I don't see any reason why they're not in the top six, top six argument again. Maybe even the top four argument. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, so far they haven't had to deal with European football, but 
Deserbi is a coach that has had to do with European football in the past at Shakhtar, so I don't see this as something foreign to him. Yeah. So and, until they give me a reason not to, I believe that they'll be well up there. Mm. I think yeah. also another um, another big point on the flip side of things um, is how long before it's panic stations at United? Because that's five... I know it's only five games into the season, but that's five games. And despite the two wins against Forest and Wolves, it's five games and five really poor performances. Yeah. They haven't looked... They haven't put in one convincing shift for more, and they haven't looked good in a sustained period for more than 30 minutes. Yeah. And I feel like the only times they've really looked good, I mean, there was the, the Rashford goal against Arsenal. Like... Like I suppose what I'm trying to say is like that they've looked good when they hit on the break, and that's not really where they should be at. Yeah, and like I know there's there's talk that Eric Ten Hag is trying to turn United into one of the best transitional teams in the world, but like that can't be their only yeah the only string to their bow. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I do think. I mean, do you think their their injury list is a bit of like a? I think it's a multitude. I think the injury list compounded with the off field. Um, sort of struggles they're having Anthony Sancho uh, the ownership sort of buyout stuff yeah because yeah the current injury list is what Heaton Wambasaka Baran Shaw Malassia Amrabat Mainu Mount and Diallo and then there's obviously uh, the two you just mentioned yeah. who, who aren't injured but yeah. So yeah, like the unavailable list, if if you will, is is long and lengthy, and it's the same thing you sort of see with Chelsea in their struggles. But I do also think the team that they fielded against Brighton is still a team that is worth, on paper, lots and lots of money, and should be playing way better than it does. And you also see that no matter how many injuries, no matter how many off-field things, and no matter how many excuses excuses people that Gary Gary never want to make about the Glazers, you see videos on uh, from the weekend of. Players like Rashford just walking around, refusing to press, even when their man is literally a meter away from them. Mm. And I know Rashford gets excused from a lot of blame because he is a lot of the time one of the top two best players on the pitch for them. Mm. And he was at least offensively in involved with their best, some of their best moments. But it's a reoccurring criticism for him that he just does not put the work in defensively. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Bruno. When the, when the shit hits the fan and they fall behind in situations against good teams, I know they came back against Forest, but against good teams, he is nowhere to be found. Yeah. So these are issues that are not new to this season that keep rearing their head over the past two or three years. Yeah. And like in contrast, there's not a player on that Brighton team who's not going to put in a defensive shift. Yeah, I I, I think. It's it's definitely close to being panic stations. I think yeah, the one out that they have at the moment is the majority of their unavailable list is defenders, and some of the defending against Brighton. Like they they play through the press quite well, but some of the defending as well for the goals was pretty like yeah, the defending fu- for pretty the sec- fucking average. The second goal, especially that one where they have thirty passes. Yeah, it's just the pressing all over the pitch is terrible. And then from Lissandra Martinez, I know Gross does a good dummy, but that that's poor. To yeah, just fall yeah. over like that and bite on that dummy so hard. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, look. Obviously, it's not panic stations yet because you can't have panic stations five game, uh, five games into a season. But if they go to Burnley and they don't get a result, mm. you do wonder. Yeah, and Burnley are are a dangerous team. They yeah. haven't they haven't started that well, but 
there's mm. dangers there. So, but especially in the way that they play, they like to play like similarly to Brighton. Yeah. So if United aren't on it, they'll just get played through again. Mm. Anyway, uh, moving on from a team that I just mentioned briefly, uh, who's in a sh- similar situation, uh, almost Shh. didn't quite get around that one. <laughs> uh, Chelsea. Uh, still can't seem to buy a goal. I saw a stat today that was they've created 15, um, like, what's that stat you see? It's like 15 big-time chances or clear... Oh, uh, yeah, B- big chances. 15, created. like, fifteen like, go- like big goal-scoring chances. Like, like I don't know what it is, but it's like chances where like, you'd expect the, the, the goal to go yeah. in. Yeah. And they've, only, they've, and they've t- missed 12 of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I reckon they were probably worth the three points against Bournemouth. But like, like, I suppose they probably should be worth the three points against Bournemouth yeah. as well and getting the result at the same time. The Raheem Sterling, well, he took the free kick, right? They hit the bar. Did you see that? Yeah. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that one's just one where you're like, yeah, th- there's a bit of bad luck involved. But at the same time, yeah, that that at the end of the day, they should be winning. Yeah, really. And then again, it's the same thing. Like, I don't have the list of players up in front of me, but Reese James, Chukwemeka, Kukurea, Nkunku. The list goes on and on and on. So, Bet- Betanelli, Chalaba, Badiashiro, Fofana, James, Lavia, Kaiseido, Chukwemeka, Nkunku, Madueke, Broja. Exactly. So it's arguably a bigger list than United. Yeah. So with all those players back in, you'd think they'd do a lot better. But this is the thing. When you spend nearly a billion pounds on a squad over a two-year period, you'd think that you'd have the depth to account for a bunch of injuries like that because you've mm-hmm. spent nearly a billion pounds. Yeah. So they kind of don't get the excuse of, oh, look at how many players have got injured. Like they get, they do get it, but like it's with an asterisk. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. I th- like I think we mentioned last week as well. It's like they, they have overhauled the whole team, and there's a bit of gelling to be done there. There's some decent signs. They've got a long injury list, um, but I do feel like it's got to start working soon. Mm. Otherwise, the one thing I will say is Chelsea's product on the pitch looks better than United's. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Nico Jackson looks actually quite good, but mm. he's been struggling with the finishing. And so does Mudrick, to be fair. Yeah. Cutting in off that left wing does look decent. Mm. And Sterling looks a completely different player to last season. Yeah. I do think, yeah, Chelsea and United both will be all right as, mm. as the season goes on. But, yeah. I think it's they'll not, be all right, but like... At the moment at all. I don't know. I, I, top four is going to be really hard and really well fought to make and if they don't pick things up soon you can that top four can slip away very quickly especially with a team like Spurs who doesn't have European football and is playing really well mm. what's what's a Chelsea like what's a good Chelsea finish at the moment like oh, are, back are into, they expecting anything apart from Champions League or I, if I was a Chelsea fan I'd take top six make Europa League mm. I honestly would considering how bad last season was and how many injuries they have and I know they've spent all this money but like, I, you, like look if you look at the teams that they've got to go up against in the Premier League, and yes, they don't have European football, but with the amount of gelling they have to do, I would take Europa League. Yeah, yeah. 
You? And I think they, yeah, I, I think Europa League, that, that they need to make, given how much money they spent. Champions League, probably not. And I think the the reason why is because I suppose it, it, it is a project at this at this point. Like they haven't bought finished pieces necessarily. They've bought kind of younger talent who are like going to develop. So that's the I, thing. I think they've got that behind them a little bit. Mm, I agree. But that's the thing though. With Chelsea Football Club, they're known for being a team that is always ready to win. Yeah. And so the, I'm the not league. sure how much patience Chelsea fans will have for a project that takes two or three years to build. Yeah. Especially when they've been programmed to, you know, if something's not going well, you do what you have to throw some money at it, get a new manager, fix it, and they're back to winning within a year. Mm. Yeah. But that's just a sign of the times, I suppose. That's... And also, I also like this. This is a, a small point I saw somewhere, but I don't, and I don't necessarily think if I agree with it. But it is an interesting point. Handing young players lucrative contracts that go for eight years, so it's like years of security with um, and no like fear for having to potentially play for a new contract. Yeah, does potentially have the risk of sort of. Uh, ruining the motivation a player has to perform. Yeah, I know some. I know a lot of players just play for the love of the game and you know the badge and the team or whatever. But a lot of players, as we've seen with the amount of players that have gone to Saudi League, are just playing for a check. Yeah. And I think you know that at, at at the end of the day, that is probably going to be number one. I think a lot of those young players do seem motivated to win, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a very interesting like regime change as as you just mentioned, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out on a number of fronts on the field, financially for Chelsea, given you know some of the stuff you've spoken about. About apparently they have some magic accountants, but I don't know they 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 can't. Your numbers, man, Wilburn, it doesn't add up. <laughs> it just doesn't add up. So yeah. Anyway, I think it's a horrible start to the season, but there are some. Not too bad signs for mm. for Chelsea. And the one thing I will say is I'm loving the memes that are coming out coming out of both United and Chelsea's uh, yeah current predicaments. <laughs> you see that one? <laughs> that I, th- I think most people, aside from United and Chelsea fans, yeah. would be enjoying it. See that video? Um, I think Twelfth Man Twist posted it. It's like Chelsea and United both arguing about who's it more who's going to leave their banter era first. And it was like the Wii tennis players being like, "No, you, no, you, no, you, no, you." Oh, uh, at the net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> funny. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to the next topic, which is potentially, or not potentially, it's probably not uh, a great one for you. A sour note: uh, Everton versus Arsenal. Arsenal win one nil. On paper, it doesn't like look like the terrible scoreline, but watching the game as I did, you guys look really toothless. Right. Okay. Yeah. Look, but like, but, def- but defended decently. Defended de- decently yeah. enough. We we didn't we didn't have that many chances. Um, I think our xG was only like one point two. But outside of there was like one shot from maybe Dan Juma or someone that pretty much dribbled in that pretty much David Rea caught very comfortably outside of that I don't remember being like oh that was close from any of the evidence attacks yeah I I think it's a difficult one because I like I suppose it's it's obviously going to be like we've been struggling with offensive output as it, as it was there was not a huge surprise that when we come up against a team like Arsenal 
against which we're going to sit very deep that we struggle to have it as mm. well. I, I, I think I'd take a little bit of solace out of the fact that we did put up a decent fight defensively. Um, but, yeah. I think that the, the contrast that was shown on Match of the Day by Leon Osman, which I thought was interesting, was that when you guys won against us at Goodison last year in Dice's first game, there was just a whole lot more energy to get it sort of up into our faces from minute one from the kickoff. Like you, like the whole, you could sort of see the whole team sort of shift up when we kicked off and like, you know, little fouls, little tic-tac fouls and Odegaard just sort of get under our skin. There was none of that this time. It was just as soon as the Arsenal kicked off, Everton just moved back 10 yards and then just allowed us to have it. And maybe that's just like a, a sort of personnel thing. You don't quite have the players out there that... Um, Daesh wants right now or I don't know what it is but it just didn't quite ha- like it didn't have the same sort of level of feistiness that Everton had last season I guess so yeah I think in a sense though you have to pick you have to pick your battles a little bit mm. like there's a very real chance that we're going to be in a relegation scrap at the end of the season um, I don't think it's that clever to come out against Arsenal which is one of the best teams in the league and leave yourself exposed yeah. like we caught four against Aston Villa we could easily have done that against Arsenal if we'd potentially been a bit I mean I'm not this is like a, a counterfactual and like a hypothetical but I do think there's a very real chance if you come out too aggressive against Arsenal you're going to get punished yeah that's fair and then and then you run the risk of worsening your goal difference which you know can matter come the end of the season and you know Maybe trying to grind out a one nil and potentially hit them on the break is isn't that bad of a yeah. I mean, but but at the same time, it's 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 sad that you don't have to fight yeah <laughs> so early in the season and being resigned to the fact that you're in a relegation scrap already. Yeah. Uh, last thing we already touched a bit on about this last week, but it is actually confirmed done now. Is the seven 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 takeover of Everton? Uh, Everton have announced it. Yeah. Um, I think did we mention last week about the other four teams that seven, yeah yeah so uh, yeah and I think we spoke about their recent history with yeah. all of them having issues some of them having protests yeah so might be a little bit of a poison chalice but you never know apparently apparently Everton have already taken out a loan from seven 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 to help cont- continued payments for the stadium so yeah they're already making moves. <clears throat> I think that's the thing, and like there's, I think the other thing you spoke about last week is that, that, that with the takeover, whatever recent history with, um, with other teams that the the company or whatever they are own, American um, investment firm. Yeah, there's a there's there's sort of a, a path through which it could work, <clears throat> and the the situation that Farhad Mashiri found himself in when the last kind of co-ownership deal fell through um, was untenable and was just going to make it very difficult as it had been for the last few transfer seasons like moving forward so yeah and having ties to Russia just wasn't sustainable either yeah in the current climate yeah so it's not ideal but you know we just we are where we are it might might work (laughs) and we go again we might end up in the championship But that's the same as it was before the takeover. Yeah. <laughs> it's just true. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, no, I don't want to stick on this too much because I feel like a, a little bit too much has been made of it already. Uh, late drama for Spurs. 
uh, crazy scenes as they come back to beat Sheffield United 2-1. Um, in our little personal uh, soccer chat, um, our friend Max Lewat was getting quite excited about this and I was trying to t- sort of temper the excitement a little bit. And I just think it's like Spurs were criticising us, Spurs fans were criticising us, Arsenal fans, for celebrating as much as we did last season when we came back to win against Bournemouth. And that was not taking into account the fact that that win was huge in terms of us staying alive in the title race. Yeah. This game, it's the fifth game of the season. And I know Spurs are doing well, way well better than they thought they were. But they looked dead and buried for 80 minutes in that game. Like, I know Foddering him had a decent game, but like, I've watched the extended hearts. He didn't make that many crazy like, oh, that should have been an amazing, that should have been a goal saves. Yeah, and decent, decent game, but yeah. decent game. But yeah. like Sheffield had decent. Uh, Vicario made a great save in the first half. Oli McBurney had a free header that he should have done better with at the end of the first half mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. And then the goal as well. Like so, they Tottenham were not that convincing in that game. Yeah. And then to their credit, stuck to it, and I, I'll applaud them for that. But I feel like it's being maybe just because of the in this country there's the hype around Ange. It's being made into a little bit of a mount, they're making a mountain out of a molehill a little bit. Yeah. Whereas I just think yes, good, great fight, comeback win, still undefeated, brilliant. But let's not beat around the bush that we were struggling against Sheffield United, who are not a great side. Yeah. For eighty minutes of that game. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, we obviously, we, we've like we'd probably both follow the Optus Sport channel, and they mm-hmm. are loving that the Ange. They are loving Big Edge instead, yes. And they're like obviously riding that wave a lot. The other thing is that, um, you know, Tottenham at the end of last season were a complete fucking shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've sworn on the pod before. I don't know. <laughs> hey man, he's fired up. He's fired up this week. I mean, they they were a complete shambles, and then you know when when we when they appointed uh, Postacoglu, it was like Postacoglu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and a bit of I mean, we spoke about the fact that yeah, it's a poison chalice because you know they've just got a guy that potentially is easy to sack, sort of thing. I think that was the part of what we spoke about um so it, it is a pretty incredible turnaround yeah and it's like it, it, it is something to celebrate but no, I, I can also understand yeah, the yeah. Fact that, yeah. no i, I don't want to dismiss the fact that postacoglu so far has done a really good job because i like Ange. yeah i just think spurs fans are getting a little bit carried away <laughs> <laughs> but that's my bias talk. I th- yeah i mean i think you know it's it, it is i think everybody gets carried away week to week in the premier league mm. um but yeah, also the the little story that developed at the end of the um, uh, international break and continued yes. well was had a bit of a um, Glad you w- mentioned was this. was tied up um, in the last well in extra in stoppage time of this match was Richarlison coming out about having mental health challenges and telling everyone on Instagram that he's going to go see a psychologist, which is great. I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I just sorry, I just think it's interesting you know, to, no, no. To, to post on Instagram. But then it, it was it was just funny how quickly that story kind of came up and then was kind of like I don't know had a nice didn't have a resolution but had a nice like 
good thing for him. Yeah, like, he straight he scores away. the equaliser, gets the assist for the winner, and then Son's pushing him to the front of the crowd. And... Yeah, and and after he had you know struggled so much to score in the Premier League for, for Tottenham, mm. and all the stuff that we've spoken about with. Mikael Antonio and um, that other guy from Newcastle. Callum Wilson. Callum yeah. Wilson. Um, having a go at him. Um, yeah, it was it, it was just great to see. Oh, that was awesome. No, no, I, yeah. I, I like that he got the assist for the Kulisevsky goal. As I was, well. I, 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 as, yeah, I, I was really happy for him as well. Like, the redemption sort of yeah. uh, for him yeah, this week was, 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 was nice to see. It's it was just, just, it's nice, just, it's just a nice footballing story. It was just funny how the, like, that redemption arc just came up and kind of like happened so quickly. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> really thought it would drag on a bit yeah, longer than yeah. that. But, and I also think he might kick on now. Yeah. I can see it happening. Because yeah. he's, he's a massive confidence player. Yeah. You saw it when he was at Everton. When he wasn't doing so well, he sort of dragged a bit. As soon as he kicked one or two, he was up and about again. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. He's, he's got a lot of fights. I hope so for him. I don't hope so for Tottenham because we play them next week. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I'm... <laughs> I usually don't like Tottenham that much, but I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, everyone's this season. Everyone's bloody getting around in this country. I can't handle it. Anyway, moving on. Um, last thing on the Premier League uh, from the weekend that, was, that has been is Man City look good. Boy, did they look good! Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> and here, or, or, if there was still remaining any doubts about the fact that Kevin De Bruyne's absence or losing Gundogan or losing Mares was going to affect them, those can all go now. Doku looks incredible. Kovacic has slotted in seamlessly. Mateus Nunes hasn't even started playing for them yet. It's a joke, man. Like they are unstoppable. They'll win the league again this year. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. Even though I said Liverpool win it, like it's hard to get past them. They just like and like West Ham didn't even play badly. They they put in a really good shift for eighty percent of that game. Yeah. City, but City and like. Alphonse Areola was was the best, had put in the best goalkeeping performance, arguably of the season so far. Mm. And Erling Haaland missed five amazing chances and two tap ins, and they still won three one. Yeah, like I yeah. don't. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I, I think that's the thing. West Ham have a lot of like momentum coming into this game, and they score first. And as you mentioned, Areola is having a like brilliant game. It looks like uh, Haaland's a bit frustrated at the start of the game, and then. They just score three goals. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's crazy. Like, um, if anything, even though West Ham played well, 3-1 flattered West Ham. Yeah. Like, it could have been five, six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. They're crazy. And Haaland is inevitable, even though he had a bit of a shaky... Well, well that's the thing about Haaland is, like, he had a shaky game and he scored, like, one goal as, like, a kind of average return for him. Yeah. Um, but boy, Doku, man. Yeah, Doku was fucking... Stupid. Had his way with Sufal all yeah. game. Yeah, he was incredible. He's like, not to like stereotype, but he's a proper winger, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just yeah. front up your man and take him Beat on him. every time. It was it, it was nice to watch. Uh, but yeah, I really liked that West Ham goal though as well. It was oh, nice yeah. It was nice when that went in, obviously. And the, James Ward-Prowse, getting himself on the score sheet. Yeah. I don't know what this celebration's about. It's the Irons. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I agree, though. Um, he's slotting in really well. Uh, that was really taking goal. And that's like just their bread and butter. Mm. Win the ball, middle of the park, counter-attack quickly. Is he 
like, is he playing a different role? He's playing a bit further up. Yeah. yeah. I think Edson Alvarez and uh, Suchek are playing further back. Mm. And he's playing as like a 10. Does that make it interesting in terms of like England selection? I think it shows a level of versatility to his game that maybe uh, hasn't been considered before. Because like, what do you think of those three? So it's, it's obviously Rice and Bellingham and him as the, the other one. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. But now does... Again, this is you want Foden linking back to criticism of Southgate, but does, does he not have the confidence to play Rice with two what he sees now as two tens because they're both playing at tens for their respective yeah, clubs at the moment? Even though I think it would work, I think it would work as play Rice and um, no, just play Bellingham and Ward Prowse as two eights and Rice behind them would be phenomenal. But and I just think having so we straight to England, but I think just having. This that set piece like threat in a tournament mm. in these knockout games like can't be like so overstated. Cute. Yeah, like, having him or Trent in the team is just a must. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and he is better at set pieces than Trent. Um, not by much, but still better. Mm. Uh, all right. So that was the round that was Premier League uh, round five. Uh, do you want to do predictions for round six first before Champions League? Yeah, I reckon it makes sense. All right, so we've got three games uh, coming out this week that are of note or that I've picked out anyway. Uh, the first one, Chelsea-Aston Villa. Interesting game. Interesting matchup. Aston Villa doing better so far. Chelsea, obviously, like we've mentioned. Uh, still, though, could go either way. I think it's at it's the, a st- it's it's a the bridge. bridge yeah. yeah, it's at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, it's it, it is a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I don't know how, how do you how do you see it playing playing out? I think before? the injuries. This is kind of where it comes back to bite them. I think a little bit. Mm. No, yeah, this is where they'll miss Reece James against a better team because they have played a couple of teams in a row now that haven't been that great. Forest, Luton, and Bournemouth against Villa now, who are starting to cook a little bit. Um, that back line of what is it, Gusto Silva. Diassi and Colwell. It's not bad, but yeah. no Caicedo, uh, no. Uh, I think who was playing in midfield? It was Uguachuku. I don't. I don't. Hand on. I guess hand on my heart. Don't know who he is. Um, sure. I'm sure he's. Decent. It was Uguachuku. I'm sure he was. De- I'm sure he was decent. But him next to Conor Gallagher doesn't fill me with a whole lot of confidence. No. So. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I feel like, but then again, Villa don't play that well away from home, though. It it feels like a draw to me. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, actually, actually, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Aston Villa. I feel like they've been building. I feel like Chelsea, you know, have been sort of flatlining essentially. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like there's there's a lot of those like Aston Villa pieces that kind of haven't always been together or kind of like gelling a little bit now um, with the likes of like Liam Bailey and uh, the rest of them doing quite well. DRB, yeah. By the way, I was ashamed that that got that touch got uh, ruled out. Which one? The DRB touch. He was offside for the first goal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But him, him, and Bailey linking up for that third goal. Mm. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for Aston Villa. Okay, but uh, in a close win, two one. I'm gonna go one all. I, I reckon. Um, 
law of averages tells me that Chelsea have to score eventually. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll score one, but we'll struggle to score more than one. And I think Villa will score one as well. Nice. <laughs> uh, next, we've got Liverpool versus West Ham. Intrig- another intriguing one because uh, Liverpool susceptible on the break with their Haaland they like to play. Van Dijk back for this game. Uh, and West Ham play well on the break. But Liverpool also have looked good this season. Didn't look good first half against Wolves, but seem to look good or look even better when they go behind. Yeah. So... Um, I th- yeah, this one's at Anfield. I, I I think it's hard to go past Liverpool. At Anfield, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though West Ham have been, been very good. I'm leaning that way too. I think it'll be another game where Liverpool concede, but win. Yeah. I'm going to go 2-1. Yeah. I do think, yeah, I think they're definitely a chance to concede, like like you say, with the high line and, and West Ham looking very good on the break this season in particular. But what did you say? 2-1. 2-1, yeah. You can pick the same one if you want. See, now we've got this tally going. I think I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with two one as well. I, yeah. I feel like that is the most likely scenario. Yeah, actually, um, fuck it, I'll go three one. Three one, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, Liverpool do have the firepower for that. So, all right, and last but not least, the jewel in the crown of fixtures uh, this weekend: this Tottenham is versus huge. Arsenal uh, at the Emirates Stadium. Both on thirteen points, both undefeated. Uh, yeah, huge game. Uh, a much bigger game than I thought it was going to be going to the start of the season. Mm. Not that, like, not that, not that it's always not a big game, but um, it's a hard one. Tottenham don't have a midweek game. Yeah, that, I think that's huge because mm. Arsenal's first game back in the Champions League uh, after a long time. Everyone's is, everyone's is going is to want to start bigger, even even though it is against PSV. Everyone's going to want to start. Yeah. So yeah, I think that game's bigger for Arsenal than. Do you think? No, no. not bigger than the North London derby. No, no. <laughs> it's the first game back in the Champions League. After yeah, so but long. it's still against PSV. I think North London derby's bigger. Right. Anyway, there's there's that there's that extra consideration for us. Then there's the, the sort of caveat as well of like which uh, goalkeeper is Arteta going to pick for both games mm. considering Raya played against Everson. Oh yeah and the comments about I wish I'd play Raya sooner. Well no he said he, said he just he wished he had the confidence to like make a substitution of like of a goalkeeper sooner. Yeah right. Like he says yeah. even in game like 70 minutes or something like that. Is that over tinkering? I Part of me thinks yes, but part of me thinks, why has no one just chopped and changed keepers throughout the season based on various levels of tactics? Mm. Like, the the idea that you just have one goalkeeper has been around for centuries, and maybe it is a bit archaic, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, maybe, I'm, I don't know. And he, he goes off on the tangent about, uh, I take the M1 this day. Yeah. <laughs> take the M1 I like that. I like that one, though. That was a good one. <laughs> So it uh, depends. But yeah, anyway, um, you're right. Midweek game is huge. Squad rotation will be interesting if he mm. plays how, who plays and what. Uh, and yeah, Tottenham are doing very well. Although, with how Tottenham played against Sheffield, it gives me a little bit more confidence than I would have had than after if they had just played Burnley. Yeah. So, but yeah, very hard, hard one to call. Although I do think we have had the the rub of the green over them at Emirates for the past few years. Not yeah. not at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but at Emirates. Yeah, it just seems such a different 
uh, prospect mm. than Tottenham over the last few years as well, though. Whereas Arsenal, you know, they've been building and, and are the same. Well, not like, you know, they've been building over the last few seasons with a, with a similar pieces. Um, but I am going to say it's a draw. It's a draw. Yeah. I am going to back us to win. <laughs> Just because I don't think... And Postecoglou's Tottenham have really been tested yet, and people are like, yeah, they played United, but that wasn't really a test. United were terrible that game. Yeah, true. Um, this is their first real test against a good team. Not to, you know, brag, but yeah. no, <laughs> uh, no, it's true. we are a good team. We are, thank, it's, not, it's nice to say we're a good team now. Uh, so I think we win uh, 2-1. 2-1? Two, one. Two, one? All right. I'm going to pick 2 <clears> all. <throat> Two off, nice. Two off. All right, now speed run, or not really speed run, but quickly whip, whip round through uh, four, the four big biggest Champions League fixtures uh, over the next two days. Obviously, by the time this goes out tomorrow morning, as hopefully I'll get this out by about 7, 8 a.m. tomorrow, some of these will have already happened, but you'll just be able to hear if we're right or not. So the first one being uh, Milan versus Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle's first game back in the Champions League in... A long time, maybe since the early two thousands. Yeah, I actually don't know. They've made they've been in the Champions League before because I know they finished top four a couple of years, in, uh, yeah. but not for a while now. Yeah, surely early two thousands. This one's interesting because because Tonali was at Milan, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a very interesting and it's also interesting because despite Newcastle's struggles uh, this season and how Milan have sort of been doing all right, they lost five one to Inter on the weekend in the Milan derby. Did they? Yeah. True. I thought it was all kind of coming together with them. Me like, too. And then they lost 5-1 to Inter. Mm. So it's at San Siro. Mm-hmm. Newcastle playing away from home this season been a bit of a struggle. Yeah. But, and this is a whole different kettle of fish, different country, not just different stadium in England. Hard to yeah, really hard to pick this one. Yeah, because I, I think they're both pretty similar level. Mm. Like I know Milan won the league last year, but or no, won the league two years ago. But I don't know. I've never been that impressed with them. I think I think they have better players. Mm. Just or no, yeah, they do. They have a better squad, but because what they made the semi final last year, didn't yeah, they? albeit playing some pretty average football. Yeah, right? and it was that very kind of like dodgy run where they went past Tottenham in the quarterfinal. Yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a draw. A I'm going to say a draw. I yeah. think... It feels like a draw. Yeah. I think that both teams maybe like feeling each other out a little bit and then, yeah, it's a little bit cagey. But I'll say... There's probably going to be goals. I'm going to say one off. I'm going to say one off. Mm. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's right. I don't think we are we tallying this as well. I Fuck it, we may as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, just for the sake of it, I'm going to go two all. Both teams have been a little bit leaky this season. So. Yeah, uncharacteristically so for Newcastle, but let's go two all. Um, PSG versus Dortmund. Dortmund's not enjoying the best start to the season in the Bundesliga this year, and PSG uh, enjoying a good start in the French league, but they enjoy a good start to the French league every year. Um, this feel this is I think this is in Paris. Uh, this feels like a PSG win. Yeah, I feel like 
That's definitely what I was leaning towards as well. Again, I feel like it's a bit difficult because <clears throat> that, like the other Europe top leagues, like we follow them a little bit, but like I, I kind of get my gauge of these kind of top European teams as the Champions League goes yeah. on. So but we have been watching a little bit of Bundesliga to start the season. Yeah, yeah. And Dort, yeah, like you mentioned, Dortmund haven't been. They haven't had a bad start. I haven't been overly convinced. I, I, th- I think, anyway, the, the long and short of it is I, I'm leaning towards PSG mm. with like Mbappe just continuing to be a point of difference. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm going to go 2 0. 2 0? Yeah. I'll say 2 1. Okay, <laughs> nice. All right, and then we've got a game that could get ugly if. Uh, one of the teams is not careful. Bayern versus Man United. Harry Kane against the team that people thought he was going to go to, but ended up ended up not going to. Um, yeah, and with the team he currently plays for, who are flying at the moment. Uh, although drew on the weekend. drew on the weekend against Leverkusen in a cracking game and a late comeback, wasn't it? Was it? for Leverkusen? Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Yeah, late, very at late. At least a comeback. It was a, yeah. it was a late penalty. Yeah. Yeah, I think, obviously, as we spoke about at the top of the episode, it's... And it's in Bayern, I'm pretty sure, as well. Yeah. United are struggling defensively. Bayern have a very, very good attack that's been gelling in, in, the, in the Bundesliga over the last few weeks. So I think Bayern are going to score a few. I'm going to say 3-0 to Bayern. Yeah, the way United are playing... Like, and this could be one of those games where they come out and shock everyone with yeah. you know a, a turn it around, but if they put in a performance like they put against Brighton, I wouldn't be surprised if Bayern slap them for four or five. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna go four nil. Four nil. What did you say? Three one. Three nil. Three nil. Actually, I'm gonna go four one. They might score one on the counter. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stick with three nil. But yeah, I do think they are. There's a higher chance that they will be yeah. able to score. And last but not least. Definitely. My boys, uh, back in the Champions League again after a long seven years or six years, I forget. I forget. Sounds like a Europa League fixture. <laughs> I know. It was a Europa League fixture last year. Yeah. And they beat us. Uh, yeah, that's right. In Eidenhoven. But, um, and that knocked you out, was it? No, no, no. We, we went through. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, they don't have Cody Gakpo now. So, um, and they don't have Nani Madueke. Um who do they have? They've got Luke de Jong up front. Oh, yeah. Serginho Dest. I don't know if Xavi Simons anymore either. Patrick Van Aanholt. Oh, wow. Some some notable names. Um, I think we don't play amazing, but we get off to a win is what I'm, is what I'm thinking. I think a lot of the boys uh, in our team are going to be very up for the fact that we're back in the Champions League. Um especially some of the young ones like Saka. Um, I think Trossard's going to be really keen to play in his first Champions League game mm. ever. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to give us going to pin us for a little little 2-0. Two 2-0, nil. Two nil, nice. Back of Yoko as well. Oh yeah. Um I think yeah, I think Arsenal win. Um 2-0 two, two actually sounds about right to me okay cool (laughs) alright you heard it here first can't wait to see how that all unfolds and I will be up tomorrow morning not at 5 but still to watch uh, at 7 yeah probably I'll watch it at 7 nice 
Yeah, I've been getting up early the past few days. It's something you've missed. No, um, got got keeping my uh, curtain uh, like only three quarters closed, so I get that that light coming through my window. The sun comes up at around seven, doesn't it? Yeah, it wakes me up. Yeah, yeah, just, just before seven every morning. It's great. We'll be right on time. Yeah. Um, all right, that's us over and out for another week. Can't wait to do it all again next week. Uh, if you've liked what you heard, like I always say. Leave us a rating on Spotify. Give us a follow as well so you keep up to date. Follow us on Instagram, 40yardswitch.pod. Follow us on Twitter, 40yardswitchpod. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything. Did I cover everything? Yeah, I think that's everything. All right, cool. See you later. Bye-bye. Go Gunners. Go Gunners.